You're tuning into Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. It's over, Anakin. I have the spoilers. You underestimate my power. Don't try it. Thank you, Master Kenobi, for the spoiler and adult content warning. Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Who could have done this? Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. I feel so helpless. Welcome back. We today will be talking about episode three, Revenge of the Sith, one of my favorites for sure. And today we are joined by a first guest. This is the first guest we've had on this platform. So Justin, welcome to the podcast. Justin, great to have you, man. Justin, I have known for a couple years. Uh, We've definitely connected um, on Star Wars and Justin was actually the winner of my Star Wars trivia about six months ago. He came in about halfway through and destroyed everybody. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> that was hysterical. Lie. I was like, who is this guy? He comes in halfway and he kicks everybody's butt. That was awesome. So Justin, you are very, very welcome here. Well, I appreciate that. I was actually uh, quite intimidated because I, I come in the chat and everyone's got their Star Wars gear and bandanas. And I'm like, oh, these guys are serious. So <laughs> very fun though. Cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna kick things off right away with um Arobin Scroll. War. The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord, Count Dooku. There are heroes on both sides, evil is everywhere. In a stunning move, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous has swept into the Republic capital and kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, leader of the Galactic Senate. As the Separatist droid army attempts to flee the besieging capital with their valuable hostage, two Jedi Knights lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive Chancellor. All right, and now I'm gonna take us to our segment to access the archives. Okay, so the first fun fact I have about this film is that the subtitle Revenge of the Sith is a play on the working subtitle for Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi slash Revenge of the Jedi. So I guess basically what it's saying is for Episode Six, that title was abandoned because George Lucas determined that revenge was not a suitable attitude for a Jedi. Since this film, however, is about the triumph of the Sith, revenge is entirely appropriate. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that's definitely a theme that comes out in the in the film for sure Alyssa coming in again with the uh the phrasing on a on episode title look at you go (laughs) (laughs) I I love that stuff um this was a a cool fact that definitely resonated with the notes I took the original cut of this film ran for nearly four hours it exists somewhere and I want a copy of it oh no why (laughs) oh gosh who has the time Obviously, um, Andrew does. Right. I will make the time. Yeah. And the opening battle uh, slash Palpatine rescue sequence alone was an hour. And I literally wrote in my notes that this is nearly 25 minutes of nonstop chaos. <laughs> and I also thought this is really what opened the door for like stuff like Infinity War. 
like <laughs> yeah that movie's four hours and like 30 percent of it is plot and like 70 percent of it is battle great sign me up I'll, I'll just try not to drink any coke with my popcorn um <laughs> i definitely had to like make a potty run during infinity war no shame um did i you think guys... we all did yeah for sure yeah exactly um this is a fun fact for the ladies um and you know Andrew, those, listen that, up. those that are fans of hayden christians thank you wyatt, <laughs> wyatt. <laughs> Um, Hayden Christensen gained 24 pounds for this movie. My man like ate like six meals a day apparently and bulked up. So, I mean, you can definitely see, especially in those nightmares. Scenes. I know. Okay. Alyssa appreciates we'll, all that. We'll move on. <laughs> um, How's that this... compared to attacking the clones? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, how much of that was his hair, though? though that oh, hair was stop. Easily no, that was a hair pounds. piece, and we I'm all know teasing. that. He got I'm the teasing. Jedi mullet, and there's, like, a whole thing on YouTube about it. So funny. Um, this was one that I had heard as a rumor and then went on the internet to confirm that in the sequence, spoiler alert, where Anakin goes to slaughter the younglings, and you see the little one kind of jump back. When they filmed that sequence, um, obviously there was no lightsaber that was put in in post. Um, so he yelled boo at the little kids to like get them to look scared. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, pretty funny. And uh, the last piece I had was a cameo fun fact that George Lucas came to set with bronchitis and uh, was coughing up a storm. And they were like, you know what? That's what General Grievous should sound like because they couldn't decide what his voice was going to sound like. And that's how uh, the cough was put in, just so you would know he's still partially human, just a little bit. Left. So I've got a question. So while rewatching this this week, so you just said General Gravis is part human. So No, he's how, not. Part alien. Part alien. Excuse is, me. Part, is he, part, is he in, part uh, sentient being, whatever not he is. robot. Yes. Yes. And that's a being that can breathe in space because he gets sucked out in that first opening fight scene. And is able mm -hmm. to kind of crawl his way back in. Is he able to breathe in space? I, I think the like droidness in and of himself gives him like a little bit like time to be able to do so. But if he was like out there for like ever, I assume he would die because he does have some of those organs still like the, when Obi-Wan's ripping them open. Right. So right. I, I think that it's like, oh, it's kind of like if Darth Vader was out there, he could survive out there for a period of time, but not like all week kind of thing <laughs> and speaking of george lucas having a cameo he actually had an actual cameo in the movie too did you guys what? notice that no he was a blue alien like when and the guy was... with the hat right yeah so he's yeah. He actually um his character is in the clone wars one episode um but when anakin's running to meet uh chancellor palpatine like at that space opera mm -hmm. and he runs yes. past all these aliens oh, just snap. as he's going into the uh into the room there's George Lucas's character with one of his daughters. There was an episode oh. where one of the senator's daughters were kidnapped and Ahsoka had to rescue them. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, that's who he's supposed to be the from the Pantoran planet. So he, you don't hear him talk, obviously, because he's got the bronchitis, but I thought that was pretty cool. Did he still have the beard or no? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, how does that I work with blue paint? George Lucas the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I know we could definitely talk about uh, our fun facts from this film because I know how much all of us really, really love this one. Um, but let's talk about what we remember from when this movie originally came out in 2005 versus now. So what are some things you guys uh, did remember? So 2005 seemed like forever ago, 16 years ago uh, to um, this year. Um, looking up some facts about this movie, it got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's a pretty decent score because Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes is a pretty harsh scale. Mm -hmm. Unless you're but, a Marvel movie. Unless you're Marvel. <laughs> you're expected to be in the 90s, basically. Um, this, when I was younger, again, I don't remember exactly when I watched it. I wasn't exposed to Star Wars as, as, as a kid. I kind of grew into it as I became a teenager. Exposed. Uh, <laughs> um, I remember watching the scene where Mace Windu gets zapped out of the window, and that was a really hard scene to watch when I was a kid because you're watching Anakin turn. 
And obviously all the movies you see as a younger kid have heroes and have happy endings. This doesn't have a happy ending at all. You know, this is a very, well, as a kid sense, dark, darkish movie. It has a darker ending, um, especially with Anakin's story. But now being older and kind of watching his development through episode one through three, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But even like watching it the other night, it's still somewhat painful to watch yeah. because you're seeing all that pain rush <laughs> through him. He did. He played this character so well. Um, I couldn't think of anyone else to, that I would rather play Anakin than Hayden Christensen. Well, and it's so hard to think about the actors that were available in 2005 that had the <laughs> range for that since we were, you know, kids. Like we, we've been saying. I was 13, like, yeah. I'd have to think back and really look at, you know, who was nominated for things back then and who would have been in the right demographic. Because you're like, Tom Hanks, that's a great option for any movie in the early 2000s. That man was raking it in and still is. But um, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know who else could play him. Ben Stiller, I'm kidding. (laughs) Could you imagine how awful that would be? Well, I had um, that I remembered all the quotes because I feel like this movie is probably... um, for me, one of the most quotable films in the franchise. So the whole do it one, um, (laughs) when he goes, you're the Sith Lord. It's like, bro, where have you been? Come on. Um, where have you been? (laughs) Yeah. The whole sequence where he names him Darth Vader. That's like a huge thing on TikTok right now. So shouts to all my TikTok peeps. Um, they basically undercut it with like the Imperial March. It's really dope how they make that sound together. Um, so yeah, that one stood out. We got a Wilhelm scream. We got an R2 scream. We got <laughs> Padme's. <laughs> yeah, the kitchen sink. The kitchen sink, right. We got Padme's best quote, and I don't even need to say it. I'm going to say it later. And mm. we got, we got the Vader. No. So yeah, it's really just all the quotes for me that, uh, really stood out. What about, what about you guys? I would just um, argue that from a plot standpoint, it's easily the most interesting out of all nine movies, or I guess the whole nine plus two or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's I a mean, bold statement. It, it is, but they had the opportunity. They had, they had a real opportunity to tell a different story here. And for them, for, I mean, don't worry, it wasn't perfect, but I think for the most part, I think they did a really good job. You can see almost the entire time where, Palpatine's just pulling all the strings. And you can he's really manipulating Anakin on an emotional and spiritual level. Yeah. You know, especially what's funny is I, I actually used to make fun of that line a lot where Anakin says, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. I, I was like, okay, this is this is dumb. You don't need to spell it out for me. <laughs> but um, you know, there's that scene in the opera room where, you know, because because he's talking about how, you know, the Jedi are selfish people and they, 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 they only want to hold on to their power. And Anakin responds with, well, you know, the Jedi use their power for good. And Palpatine responds with, well, good is just a point of view. I think from that point forward, his entire mentality changed. And I think you don't see any other Star Wars movie do that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's like no manipulation in, in those other movies for sure. And that's, that's a, that's a lot of the stuff that I had written down. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. So it like shrinks up a lot of what I have into more manageable. <laughs> um, but he's, he's right. Especially if you read like the revenge of the Sith novelization, like it's incredible. The amount that like Sidious is manipulating him. Like they cut most of it out in the movie, but it like when I was listening to it, um, it was, it was just incredible. Um, but what I remember from 2005 um obviously I remember all the action scenes you know when I was when I was a kid you know 11 12 years old however old I was um I remembered when when Obi-Wan breaks the news to Padme you know I've seen him killing younglings and his voice like trembled um at that point and you know I noticed that and I remembered that but what I did not remember until watching it the other day he was basically his voice trembled even more when he said he was deceived by a lie we all were and that line kind of got me even more so 
one thing I, I didn't notice, but again, Palpatine's manipulation, uh, Anakin's like, oh, I know they don't trust you. He, he just throws in, oh, they don't trust me or the Republic or democracy. I was like, wow, way to just, you know, throw yes, that out there. <laughs> I noticed that too. And then he recycled that and he, you know, I have brought peace, justice to my new empire. He like literally is mimicking the words that Palpatine fed to him. And I was like, wow, I totally missed that before. There was something else too that I was noticing when I bought the Blu-ray edition um, when they're at Luke's home and they're having, you know, dinner talking about, oh, who is this old Ben or, you know, these droids, whatever you can. That was the first time I'd ever seen their ceiling. Oh, their yeah. weird orange ceiling. Yes. For no reason. That was that was like I on, we only saw that a couple of years ago when we bought the Blu-ray. My dad and I were just like, what? What is that? So, and then uh, I think uh, on the homestead, you could see little tracks where they have the, the little um, wheel-based droids moving. But other than that, that was, that was pretty much it when it comes to the Blu-ray. But I'm excited for when we review that. Yeah, and they remade that ceiling when they, did, when they filmed <laughs> it again. Yeah. And you're like, this nasty looking thing. <laughs> you kept that? Two generations? Right? Why? You dug that, you dug that up in the <laughs> desert? <laughs> Now, moving on to, I think, one of my favorite segments, at least, is the what if. Mm -hmm. So, for those who haven't heard, a what if segment is basically questions for each other. What if, blank, 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 how would it change everything within this movie saga? Um, I'm going to purposely go last. So, I kind of, yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) All right, well, because I, I've got a couple that I feel like might get asked, so I kind of want to I, I kind of want to give you guys the opportunity to ask it if you don't have let's, any. Other let's backups. let our guests go first. Yeah, I'm, Justin, uh, yeah. you can go hear first. What Justin has Good. to say. Yeah, Justin, right, I feel what's, honored. What's, what's your what if? So at first, I thought about coming up with something kind of like a situation situational what if, but I thought I'd go more broad for one of them. And so, you know, how I was a kid, I know none of us are really that old, and so we didn't grow up with four, five, six for decades before coming to the prequels. Dang, so, you just called everybody from the prequel era old. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean... <laughs> Sorry, Dad, you're not old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they old. No, but <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think everyone in their mind had some idea as to what the Jedi Order would look like and you know how heroic or noble or selfless they would be. And so, and then you, you watch the prequels and you really get a decent exposure to just how how much hypocrisy is there and how much judgment they have Mm. and i just wonder do you think the whole rise and fall of anakin skywalker do you think that would have actually played out if the council wasn't so hypocritical wow that's a good question that is a great question and i was really thinking about um this actually recently not in december but i typically do like a rewatch of the entire saga like once a year just for funsies and now I'm getting to do it again for the podcast but I was doing it like a year or two ago and I remember watching this film and getting to that scene where Anakin was being told you know we will grant you a seat on the council but we don't grant you the rank of master and he was like this is ridiculous this is unfair like how can you do this this is that un- unheard of it's outrageous And then, um, you know, Mace was like, dude, and he was like, I'm so sorry, master, and sat down. And it just made me think about my job at that time um, that I was working toward a promotion and I was having these conversations with the leadership team who said, yeah, you're a part of our leadership team, but we're not going to give you a new title. We're not going to give you a promotion. We're not going to give you a raise, but you're part of the team and you're still a leader in this um, company. Right. And it's like gaslighting. Right. It makes you feel crazy because you're doing all the work and you feel like you're doing all the things correctly and you've earned this. Um, And then you're so much younger than everybody on the leadership team. So then they're like, you're just acting immature. You need to sit down. Whereas anybody else, you know, if Qui-Gon would have reacted that way, they wouldn't have called him immature. Right. Or have been judging him to your point or thinking he was immature. Um, So my point as my viewpoint as an adult really shifted to like, wow, I can actually relate to how he's feeling of, you know, this is totally different in the real world, adult world, corporate world to my job. Um, 
but yeah, I think, you know, to your point, if it wasn't as, as judgmental, maybe he wouldn't have gone so far the other way. If it was, you know, let's take measurable steps to get you to that title, um, I, you know, I in agree. real life or in Star Wars. I, I, I don't think he would have fallen as easily in, in my mind. Like I'm, I'm, I agree because they were so hypocritical. And I think like half of that, like Palpatine was banking on, he's like, all right, I don't even have to work that hard. I just have to say a few key things. And like, again, I'm going to reference the book. One of the reasons it, it pissed Anakin off in the book is because he views Palpatine as like a mentor and he wants to impress that mentor. Mm-hmm. And just before that, Palpatine was like, oh, I thought they would have made you a master by now. And he's like, oh, well, they're calling me into a special session. So maybe that's that's it. And then he doesn't get made a master. And Palpatine's like, well, you know, I, I hope they do make you a master. But if they if they don't, it's because they don't trust you. And then they don't make him a master and he flips out. Right. He's planting the seed there. Yeah. And then so he kind of saves it when he's like, forgive me, master, AKA, I don't want to lose my job. So please don't fire me because I just overreacted in front of everybody, hmm. which again, I don't think it's an overreaction. I would be that upset, especially again, he's what now in his twenties Yeah. in at this point yeah. in the timeline. The so, job I had for seven years kind of treated me that way. So yeah, I, very much yeah. I think as adults, it's definitely easy to identify with how he's feeling. And, there. So uh, I don't I, know if that really answered your question <laughs> i love obi-wan's reaction like his facial expression is like shut up you're making me look bad and yeah he, and he's like i'm disappointed too. in like, you yeah like yeah. i trained you better than that how dare you disrespect also like what he does have to realize though is like obi-wan did have a good point later he's just like it's you know no one your age has ever been on the council it's like bro you're like yep. 22 and a half this is a great honor right so like everyone else is usually like minimum 30s like right. even Obi-Wan's like almost 40 kind of thing. But I would argue that the only reason why they didn't give him the rank was just this prideful knee-jerk reaction to Palpatine saying, hey, I want you to be a part of the of the council. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, okay, no, no, no. We're not going to have this politician tell us what to do. Yep. We, yep. We're going to do things our way and we're going to be in control here. Absolutely. I think they would have eventually put him on the council anyway. I just think it would have been like, after the war ended, you know, for everything, yeah. like he, how he basically carried the Republic on his shoulders for like the entire war. <laughs> I think they would have done it in like a year or two and made him a master, but because he asked it like, nope, no shot. Uh-uh. Yeah. And I think part of it could be, you know, he's already got this uh, reputation or, you know, this um, legacy as the chosen one. And it's like, look, you already got all this other stuff. You got to this point. We gave you training when you were too old, whatever, whatever we're not going to give you another thing just because you're the chosen one. I think maybe mm. they're, I don't know if uh, jealousy is the right emotion or adjective to say it, but maybe that was part of it. Um, I think to your point, you know, that plot point makes more sense that we don't want politics to get in the, the way of the Jedi order. Um, but I think another piece of it, if we're looking to that underlying emotion is kind of like, that ain't fair. We don't want, you know, you got everything. You have everything already, you know. Um, we don't we don't want to give you that, too. That was a really Andrew. great what if, Justin. Um, yeah. I'm thinking uh, for mine, I had a few. Um, it, it's kind of, what if they would have figured out Palpatine a little bit earlier? Like, before he has the chance to, you know, say execute Order 66, before he has the chance to fully have turned Anakin. What if they had figured it out like, you know, a few hours or even a day before that? Like, what would that look like? Would, would he still be able to like, you know, for all intents and purposes, go press that order 66 button? Would he still have been able to turn Anakin if they had caught him like a day before? If they caught him red-handed and Anakin saw, holy crap, this old freak was manipulating me and grooming me in every sense of the creepy word um do you do you think Anakin still would have fell and the, well, and the clone I mean, still would have turned I feel like that's kind of what happened when Mace was like you're under arrest and you're the Sith Lord and whatever and Anakin was like no nah, that ain't the truth and maybe to your point if it was presented in a more logical and less emotional scene yeah with like facts with like evidence, oh hey we have a recording of him doing this or hey yeah, he did this bank transaction then, oh okay right then maybe <laughs> um that would have gone a bit differently however 
we know Palpatine being Palpatine likely had a plan B up his sleeve for somebody else to give the order if he was incarcerated, incapacitated, whatever. Um, he's got minions all over the galaxy. I believe that. So I'm sure he could find a way to have executed it. What do you guys think? Yeah. I, I, I agree, Alyssa. He, he pulls many strings, so you know he's not putting all his eggs in one basket. Right. You know, we, I think we only see the one side of what he's working on. You know, obviously, Anakin was plan A. Plan B could have been he might have activated or executed Order 66 anyway because, yeah, Anakin's great, you know, with his lightsaber, but against 50 clones, that's a different matter. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it kind of makes you think, was was the chosen one or was Anakin absolutely integral to, to the whole plan? Does he need a new replacement at all? Um, if anything, I mean, like, yeah, why, why, why replace him at all? You know, why not just execute Order, Order 66 and then just be, just be a lone Sith? Or he could have grabbed someone less emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay yeah, i killed everybody grab- who can use the force except for like three people yeah this one's not annoying but he's emotional this one isn't emotional so i'm gonna do that <laughs> right but with that emotion came that power so That's then true. do you get somebody who's less powerful you know because then we see when he does you know fully transform into vader how powerful he becomes with all of that grief and all of that anger and all of that shame and it just fuels that hatred and that power that much further. Mm-hmm. That actually leads me to my what if. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of hijack this a little bit. Okay. So my what if is what if Obi-Wan didn't battle Anakin on Mustafar? Mm. What if he mm. just let him go? Cause that means Anakin would have never, Ooh. Anakin would have never turned into a mechanical Vader. Yeah, he might have done the Kylo Ren thing, you know, and worn uh, some type of helmet. <laughs> I don't think he would have been as menacing because he wouldn't have that iconic that iconic breather. I don't think people would have taken him seriously because he would would have just been just another guy in a um in a cape. I feel like it's very possible that Vader would have so- would have turned on the Emperor much sooner if he didn't have that suit. I feel like that suit kind of kept him kept him in line. But I don't know. I mean, I don't really know much about how that how it works. But I feel like that suit was very intentional in keeping him enraged, keeping him in pain. And I don't know. I feel like those uh, those lenses that I have that they have him looking through could totally just change his perspective forever. And I feel like that's probably what's so so significant about him wanting to see Luke with his own eyes you know, decades later. I could totally see Palpatine like having like a um, remote control to like Vader's suit. They're like, no, I don't like where you're going. I'm going to guide you this way. Oh you my know? God. He doesn't even need to do that. Yeah. Vader is wearing a superconductor and Palpatine <laughs> does lightning. Yeah. Good point. Fair. It's like a chalk color for a dog. Literally. <laughs> and oh like his whole God. breathing filtration is in there. So if he wants to short circuit that, he can do that very easily. Okay, so mine is really based on this theory. And you guys have probably heard about it from this film where when we get to that final sequence when Anakin is being put into the mechanical suit and becoming Vader and Padme is giving birth and dies in childbirth, that the theory is that Palpatine manipulates Padme's life force in order to revive Anakin. And if you think about it logically, um, everybody shits on Padme and I'm gonna say shits, okay? Because they shit on her hard. And they say that, oh, she died of sadness. She's a lost the will heart. to live, a broken heart. Sorry, no, I don't buy that because we see her be a boss ass, you know what, in this whole franchise. So I highly doubt this girl died of sadness. Um, what I do buy is the theory that she gives birth to twins and then whatever remaining life force she has is then put into to Anakin slash Vader. Because if you think about it, the injuries that he sustained, plus literally being burned alive for a good five minutes, maybe longer. Um, and this is where I'll call out Grey's Anatomy. So maybe Andrew can agree with me. 
but like they've done some episodes recently and Andrew's a little behind, but they've done some episodes recently where they've showed um, patients with like third degree burns or even um, worse where literally you can burn a hole in your rib cage and you can see your lung, right? So yeah. it's like, that is probably where we were heading, right? His entire body was on fire. Oh yeah, you saw them um, picking the clothing off of his, his flesh. That, that was, was I awful. don't even think that was his clothing. I think they were peeling the fried flesh off of his body so oh, he God. could start healing, right? Tasty. And that's why he was screaming. <laughs> Um, and Grey's Anatomy has a whole episode about that. And if you're a Grey's fan, you know exactly which one I'm talking about with the two girls on New Year's Eve. But um, long story short, my theory is what if Palpatine, and again, this is all contingent on this theory, what if Palpatine didn't suck Padme's life force to power Anakin or to help Anakin to live? What if he took that from somebody else? Instead of having Anakin murder Mace, if he would have was alive, could he have used his life force? Could he have manipulated Yoda, another um, force wielder? Did it have to be a force wielder? Maybe, maybe. Padme I think was Anakin would have survived. No. Yeah. Um, but if he took somebody else, who do you think he he would have? Or what does that look like for for Padme's storyline? I, I like that theory. Um, you know, because it's something Palpatine would do. He would dangle that carrot. Oh, I can help you save the one you love and then take it away. Um, he would definitely dangle that carrot. But I think Anakin probably would have survived even if he just told him, hey, uh, Padme died. His anger would have just like kept him alive. But I don't know. You know, if he, if he would have grabbed another force wielder, I don't know how that would have worked. What do you think, Wyatt? I don't think, <clears throat> because obviously Padme is not force sensitive. Mm-mm. so i again this all is this all is contingent on if your theory is right Alyssa, and pulling kind of a life force um i think he i think palpatine was able to shift midichlorians to, um from one person to another uh that's that's a really interesting theory and i'm gonna ponder this even after after the recording because then it means <laughs> we get a story arc of padme and how Palpatine keeps Vader at bay. Right, and, keep- and then does Padme get to keep Luke and Leia? And how does that affect, you well, know, their obviously timeline that, and, that changes, and what happens with them? That changes episode four, five, and six completely. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, uh, in a way, does it? Because, you know, the, the plot would mostly stay the same it's just the location that's different right they'd be on Naboo instead of Tatooine but they'd be together but yeah that is a good point they would be together and that dynamic would definitely change things and I I do find it really hard to believe that Anakin is the sole reason why both Luke and Leia are so powerful and force sensitive um because you know it's really interesting and a lot of these interviews even from like the Star Wars actors' perspectives, um, like Daisy Ridley, has been known to say like everybody can use the Force, and it's like such a controversial statement, and everyone's like Andrew's like about to scream. Um, but <laughs> Not I think about to scream, I'm I just think, disagreeing with it wholeheartedly. I think what she's meaning by that is not everybody is a Force wielder. I think there's a difference between being Force sensitive and being a Force wielder mm-hmm. because you have somebody like Finn you know, I'm talking about the sequel trilogy who's connected to Ray and they can sense things going on with each other. Right. And it's kind of, we're kind of alluding that he's force sensitive and I don't think they ever like outright say it. But when I say, we don't know if Padme is force sensitive, that's kind of what I'm meaning. Um, Especially with, you know, Luke and Leia both being Jedi and trained in the Jedi arts. And we learn, you know, uh, that Leia got that training much later, but yeah. I know I'm kind of getting off topic to my. <laughs> to no, my like I'm, for some reason I'm picturing like Padme raising like Luke and Leia as like a as like a single mom, and be like, no, <laughs> it's like no, you are not getting trained as a Jedi. Your father turned out like that way, right? And, and now he's yeah. gone. I, yeah. I like to think that their uh, their little aunt Ahsoka would come and help, you know, raise the kids too. Oh my gosh, that would be so cute. Oh my if gosh, she knew about him. Yeah. Right. I'd, well, I'd like to think, think Padme, Padme would, would tell probably him. tell her, right, right. I'd like to, but to keep him safe. Yeah. Who knows? She, you know, she's their godmother for sure in that timeline. 
<laughs> right. And so a quick thought before we move on to our final segment. So Bell Organa, I watching this through. So he comes home with Leia and, and kind of presents this to his wife, I guess, who's been trying for a girl. So what's going through his wife's mind being like, hey, you've been gone forever and now you bring home a child that's not mine? I'm I mean, sure he sent her a text. I'm a text. sure. Like, how how strong her. is that marriage to where he goes, okay, I trust you. I trust you. Just, you know, you found well, this child and it's not really about, yours. Right. If I'm sure he about, told her. If you think about the plot line, like everything that just happened, first of all, he did say, my wife and I have discussed adopting baby girl. Mm-hmm. He clarified. He wasn't just like, yeah, we've been trying to have kids and, you know, whatever. We've been thinking about it. No, we've discussed adopting a daughter. Um, so that's why he was like, I'll volunteer, but I want the girl. And mm-hmm. then um, I totally forgot the sequence of when he escaped and that the the little youngling jumped out with, you know, the little Padawan had the braid and everything. I think that was, was George Lucas's son, actually. Oh, of course. Oh, and he, you know, was fighting off the clones. And I totally forgot. I was like, oh, my God, this kid totally saved his life. And like, holy crap, the whole thing would be different again. Um, Why yeah, were they no. so aggressive with him anyway? He wasn't a Jedi. No, they, they just wanted him to leave because, yeah. you know, obviously they didn't want him to see them butchering children and shooting them in the well, face. Well, yeah, and they probably just knew where his allegiance lied, laid, lied, whatever <laughs> was. <laughs> he, he was allied to the rebel cause, um, which, okay, of course, they weren't rebels at that point. But you know what I'm saying? The Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the Jedi. We talked about that or we will. <laughs> and- <laughs> like, totally. Andrew, one more question, and I promise you we'll eventually move on. Where's Commander Cody in all this? We see him. We get a name drop in the film. He's in the movie. Yeah, he's in the movie. Where is he during Order 66? He He says, blast him. Wasn't he on Kashyyyk? No, not Kashyyyk. No, he was on on Utapau. He was on Utapau. Yeah, when he literally takes out the comlink and is just like, Yes, sir. And literally, oh, yeah. right after he gave him the lightsaber, and in the book, the ones- they said something great. Like, in the book, he, like, he gives him back the lightsaber. You might be needing this. And then, you know, Obi-Wan gallantly rides off into battle. Immediately, he gets, you know, you know, execute Order 66. He hangs up, and the line was something like, now, Cody was a clone bred to obey orders, but he was still human enough to think, could you have called me right before I gave him his lightsaber back? And then he's like, all right, I lost him. Yeah, they right. got some yeah. good stuff from the book. I, I wrote a couple of, of short ones down, uh, one of which I will le- uh, read toward the end of our segment today. Cool. Well, this transition into our final segment, basically our favorite scene or um, clip from the movie and our, our least favorite scene. So I'll go first. I love the dialogue and I hated the dialogue. <laughs> Again? <laughs> So, what a surprise. <laughs> so obviously we get the most meme worthy dialogue. You know, this episode, this episode, you know, we see more TikToks, we see more Instagram reels from this movie. And and then we get the scenes between Anakin and Hadman. It's like, oh, I love you. Love is the only thing that can that can that can save us. And I'm I'm there watching, I'm making puke sounds. And Laura's like, look, why stop it? No. It's cute. It is cute. I'm like, no, it's gross. This is not a love movie. Granted, it's love that's driving him, you know, to the dark side because he wants to save Padme. But I guess the overall gist of this movie is don't fall in love because they can turn you to the dark side. Oh, my God, says the married man in the group. (laughs) It does really take me back to that Clone Wars episode on Mortis when he uh, is shown a vision of the future and what he'll do. And then he, like, Mm. fell the dark side very briefly. So it almost shows how like, you know, Palpatine had already planted these seeds, you know, in the first 10 or 11 years. And, you know, then there's about a year and a half left until we get to the movie, but but how his fall was already kind of set, um, not quite set in stone, but like already likely because he was just shown the things he was going to do. He goes, oh my gosh, I don't want to do those things. And the son is just like, oh, well, uh, if if you uh, join me, uh, you, you won't do those things. And then he, you know, Logan, he does the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So the, the you know the opening battle, of course, was just cool. You see, like literally thousands of ships. 
Right, and was um, that battle just to rescue the Chancellor? Yeah. So, no, so they did this in the the old Clone Wars back in like 2002, 2003. Um, the Separatists show up and they just invade Coruscant. And, you know, Shakti was protecting him, kind of like they referenced in the season seven of this, the newer Clone Wars. You know, uh, we lost contact with her. So she fights off Grievous and the Magna Guards, but then she kind of loses. Um, and then, you know, she kind of dies, but her death is so ambiguous because she's died like four times in Legends. Um, yeah, the poor girl just can't stop dying. But uh, so they invade and Mace Windu actually shows up and sees Grievous and like force chokes him. And that's one of the reasons he's breathing harder now than he was in the Clone Wars show. Like he, he coughed every now and again in the show, but it, you know, right when he comes back in the ship, he's like, you know, so, you know, that, that was pretty cool. So yeah, the, you know, the opening battle obviously was, was great. Um, it does kind of lead me to doubt that there were only 3 million clone troopers used during the war, because if there were 3 million clone troopers and each Venator has a crew of like 2000 people, then they're all used up in half the fleet. So just FYI, um, that's not a real number. It's not a real number. The three million, you, you can't do a war with three million lie. people with 500,000 <laughs> planets. So anyway, moving that aside, um, obviously my, my favorite is when um, Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting. And it's also my least favorite is when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting. Because one, mm. it's the longest um, sword fighting in cinema history. It's very well choreographed. Oh, um and it's emotional but on the other side of that i hate to see it right and kind of what uh, Alyssa talked about in phantom menace is that it looks like a struggle like kind of with darth maul and qui-gon it looks like a legit struggle when they're fighting and mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing same thing for the for the battle on mustafar especially with equals. all these and especially like you know picture you know you're you're on the film set and you're surrounded by these green screens and you're going to imagine you're on this lava planet, you know, surrounded by all this heat and fallen magma. So their acting and um, choreography is phenomenal in this. I just picture George Lucas shouting, and now lava's flowing at you. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> and they obviously dub out <laughs> what he's saying. That's what I picture. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Justin, what do you got? So that's really, uh, it's, a hard, it's a hard question to answer. So I would say for favorite scene, it's a debate between um, just like the opera scene with the emperor, or I should say Palpatine and Anakin. Uh, and I would say either that or um, the you are my brother, Anakin, just from an emotional standpoint, it, it's just the acting's incredible. You can see at that point, you know, from an emotional level, those characters have both hit a low point and you can just really feel it. And then uh, I would say for my least favorite scene, probably just the point where Anakin force chokes Padme. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, you know, because this whole this whole dilemma that he's been put through is strictly because he feels like, you know, he loves his wife and he's terrified that his wife's going to die. And then in one half moment of insecurity, force chokes her. It just doesn't doesn't make much sense to me. Mm-hmm not really fair to either of them obviously seems like in your anger you killed her yeah (laughs) yeah i had a similar thought with that um and really for mine um for the worst it was more so the scene where she tells anakin she's pregnant (laughs) that entire scene you guys Yeah. yeah i'm sure you guys can relate it's not even romantic like it gets there but like for me, it's the cringiest scene out of the entire prequel <laughs> franchise because it's a lot like, better cringy. in the book. It's a lot better in the I'm book. I'm sure. I'm sure. Thank God. But she's like all excited. So something wonderful's happened, and she's like, "I'm pregnant," and he's like, "I've never seen that woman before in my life." <laughs> well, like so how I met your mother. But um, Anakin just came back from this huge battle where he thought he was going to lose his master, and oh, surprise! Girlfriend's pregnant. Not what I was expecting. Wife. Wife 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 whatever wife, his wife see it's not wife. whatever it's, let's see how your wife feels about that Ooh. <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't dare say that first of all <laughs> i can you get you in so much said. trouble wyatt 
You know how like we'll talk about things and you'll be like, Andrew just had this great idea that you in fact actually came <laughs> up with and I get in trouble with your wife. I could totally just text her why it accidentally just called you uh, his girlfriend. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my point in saying that is that whole sequence is really horrible. And like, I get that he was like shocked and surprised and maybe just like, he's like, I'm so young. Like, I'm not ready to be a dad kind of thing. But also like, what do you think happens when you force choke your wife? I'm just oh, this probably happened before. That probably wasn't the first time. Oh, my he gosh. Choked her. Wow. But, um, he was excited. It took him a second. But yes, like, but a- that's not what you want your baby daddy to say. Like, and then he's like, Oh yeah, this is the happiest moment of my life. Bullshit, this is the happiest moment of your life. You just like completely hesitated. And then I was trying to think from his point of view. I'm like, why why did he react this way? And I'm like, from his point of view. Well, they're not supposed to be married and people are gonna find out. That's that's, why. Yes. Thank you for finishing my sentence for me. Well, you're the one who said he reacted poorly. I think he reacted accurately considering he's not supposed to be married to this person and people are going to find out. Right. I think that's exactly why he was upset. Um, But um, for me, the best scene is when we really get that sequence of how Anakin becomes Vader. Um, I think even just when Palpatine finds him on Mustafar and is like, get a medical droid like right away, whatever. And they rush him in. And just really the juxtaposition of, you know, Padme giving birth and bringing two lives into this world and then Anakin coming to life as Vader. I think that is just um, so interesting to have those two scenes that are diametrically opposed really just complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because one is really focused on death and, you know, he's dying and he's brought to life. And her scene is focused on bringing life and she dies, right? So it's this very interesting yin and yang situation. Wow, um, that is true. You know, and, where there's good yeah. in the bad and bad in the good. Yeah, and it's With, one's um, dark and one's literally light. Right, that, Wow, exactly. that's really interesting. Yeah, so I just really like that scene more so because I, I really like the whole origin story and we're finally getting that missing puzzle piece of, this is how it happens. And it's not just this choice of I'm kneeling and I become a Sith Lord and I stand up and I'm now Lord Vader or whatever, but it's really more so um, just the suit, the sound of it. You get to hear his voice for the first time. You know, he asks about Padme and you're like, oh my God, it's him. You know, it really connects. Um, But, you know, putting that against that scene with Padme is really just beautiful. Before we end this podcast, we definitely do want to address some of the plot holes. And we know Star Wars is absolutely full of plot holes that we'd love to poke fun at and kind of theorize on where we think the movie could go from there. So I know Alyssa is eager to drop some of these uh, suggestions on us. It's really just one major one because we talked about this briefly in our episode two pod how um, when Obi-Wan is trying to figure out where the clones are coming from and that whole plot, um, and he's looking for the coordinates to Kamino and like that whole situation, you know, he goes to the temple and he sees Yoda and he's teaching the younglings and he's like, oh, where's the planet? And the little one's like, it's there. You're just stupid. You just got to fly there and see it. Um, And he's like, hmm, that's really interesting. Somebody must have erased a recording. Only a Jedi can do that. Um, Then in this film, in episode three, he literally admits in that same room that there's a recording. We have a recording of Anakin slaughtering the younglings in the same room where the freaking hologram was. So please, somebody explain to me why wasn't there a recording? Did that recording measure get implemented after somebody went in that room and erased the archives because I was screaming at my laptop at Disney plus and going, why weren't they recording before? Oh my God. I was like, I found a butthole. I got so excited, <laughs> but I know like also the archives were like in a different room, whatever, maybe that was yeah, the, the case. I, I'm but... thinking that, but I mean, and they probably still had people record, they still recorded people on the, but I don't think they have a camera directly at someone's station 
watching no, exactly like, what they're doing. We literally have a recording of that room of Anakin in there murdering children. Yeah. And we don't have a camera recording the room with sensitive Jedi secret information? Unless somebody make it make sense. Unless like, whoever make it make sense. took out the It was supposed footage. to be Dooku who took yeah. it out. Correct. Unless he erased the footage too. But they, he didn't even say like that there was footage, right? Like Yoda probably would have mentioned that. But, but again, just like, how are they supposed to know that it? he Oops. did it? How are they supposed to know he did it? Like he just well, he just... was just saying that only a Jedi could do it. Yeah, but do you know how many people go to the library and use those laptops like all the time? There would be no, there would be no telling when when that was taken out. It's like what do okay, they just look, like pick the Jedi they like the least and they just ask them? We if can they did track it? IP addresses. We can track usernames and logins. We can track all this stuff. So you and you're want, telling me yes. we can't figure that out. So you want them to find who erased a planet that's not in their archive? Correct. So this planet that will not show up in their archive with no information, you want them to somehow find on the computer um, who erased something that there is no information for in that computer. But there was information that they erased. There was, but it's not now. Right, but you should be able to they can't use type in the search clues. bar. They can't type in the search bar Camino anymore no, because it is not there. Not. Of course not. So, but every episode of freaking Law and Order, they're like, somebody call Teru and we're gonna bust this wide open. So you're telling me we don't have any CSI in the Jedi universe? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they it. have that uh, Garcia chick from SVU. So Garcia is not in SVU. What She's show is in, she in? Uh, the one with uh, Shamar Moore. Criminal Minds. My mom's fave. Yeah, don't, I don't think don't they get had it her. Twisted. Anyway, I was just very hyped about that plot hole, and I was it, like, it is a good point, but somebody didn't record correctly. Somebody fudged up for sure. Yes, Lucas. <laughs> so I kind of had one. Um, it was kind of about like was was the downfall of like the Jedi like contingent on the one battle between Yoda and Sidious. Like, what if like Yoda would have won, like? you know, what if he would have just gotten back up and fought him again? Cause it looked like, you know, Palpatine was kind of knocked out of the fight a little bit too, just as much as Yoda. So I was just thinking, why doesn't he just go back up there and, and fight him or, you know, chuck, chuck another, you know, floating desk at his face, like and just finish <laughs> it. Like, you know, come on. And then when I listened to the, <clears throat> the revenge of the Sith novelization, it really answered that for me. So I'm going to read part of it now. There came a turning point in the clash of the light against the dark. It did not come from a flash of lightning or a slash of blade energy. It came as the battle shifted from the holding office to the great chancellor's uh, podium. It came when Yoda found himself alone against the dark. And finally, he saw the truth. This truth that he, the avatar of light, the supreme master of the Jedi order, the fiercest most implacable, most devastatingly powerful foe darkness had ever seen. Just didn't have it. He had never had it. He lost before he started. He lost before he was born. Because the Sith had changed. The Sith had grown. They had adapted. Had invested a thousand years of intensive study into every aspect of the Force. But also the Jedi lore itself. In preparation for exactly this day. The Sith had remade themselves. They had become new. While the Jedi, the Jedi had spent that same millennium training to refight the last war. The new Sith could not be destroyed with a lightsaber. They could not be burned away with any touch of the Force. The, the brighter his light, the darker their shadow. So it just goes to show that, you know, you know a lot of people talk about Yoda making mistakes, and yeah, he did, but he was also raised into making these mistakes too, because he was trained to fight the old Sith, how, you know, they would come at, you know, the galaxy a certain way and try to take it over. And Yoda was like, great, you know, I know what they're going to do. We can train up this next generation of Jedi. Cool. Awesome. You know, we got this, but these Sith were in the shadows for the last thousand years, learning everything and learning how to screw with the Jedi. So that was why even if like he killed Palpatine somehow managed to when they were both kind of equally kind of done with the fight, you know, tuckered out, it, it wouldn't have mattered because the, the mistakes were already made.
So that oh, kind of answered my plot hole. The bed was basically made. Right. But whether it was before the war or a thousand years ago, their their bed was unfortunately made. And the force kind of took that into account. So the outcome of that fight was already made before they even started fighting. Again, yeah, like Sidious was going to win. But even if the force decided that Yoda was going to win, the the Jedi would have still lost and the Sith still would have won. And somebody would have replaced Sidious and the Jedi would still probably have had to go into hiding. So I thought that was very interesting. Can you imagine the um, the cleaned up crew walk like the the <laughs> night crew walking in, in, into the Senate building? Be like, what the f happened here, guys? Like, who could this- possibly move those? <laughs> like, these things are fixed. How are these? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, I had a similar thought when Anakin walked in on Mace and Palpatine. I'm like, didn't you just see all these dead bodies? Like, what? Right. Why are, yeah. you so, why are you so surprised right and now? In the book, Kit Fisto's head is co- is chopped off. Yikes. So he literally has to walk past his head and still decide, no, right. I think Palpatine's the He's good like, guy. He's like, you know what? He's Palpatine doesn't have a lightsaber, so he must be innocent. <laughs> yeah, Mace probably killed those three guys and just wanted to kill Palpatine himself. Dang. He's the victim here. Right. So I feel like at that point it wasn't even it wasn't even about is Palpatine a good guy. I think at that point he definitely knew he wasn't. Yeah. But it was just a last ditch effort to save his wife. And then That's once true. he, you know, once he prevented Mace from killing, killing Palpy, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, well, Mace is dead and I have nowhere else to turn. I've That's already, true. I've already made my move. You've gone right. too far. Yeah. So in Star Wars, Steer no, to the skid. <laughs> in Star Wars, nobody truly dies. Is Mace still alive? Listen. This I've is just like both. soap opera yeah. stuff. And I'm so glad you kind of asked that because there was another point I didn't make that there's a whole piece of plot that is very much like a soap opera between Obi-Wan, um, Padme, and Anakin on Mustafar when it's like you as the audience have the real point of view that Anakin um, thinks that Obi-Wan and Padme are plotting. And it just so happens that the circumstances are unraveling themselves, that it looks that way, that Obi-Wan smuggled onto Padme's ship that she didn't know. And then he comes out and he's like, oh my God, the two of you are against me. And you're like, no, if you all just stopped for five seconds and just talked to each other, you would figure this out. I didn't um, know he was on the ship. How did you right. not know? I hid in the closet, well, Anakin. No, I mean, yeah, literally, but. Um, yeah, I think that's just something that Star Wars loves to do in a soap opera type of way is like, if you got, you guys have probably never watched soap operas, but like literally if they kill somebody off, it's very likely it was their evil twin or, you know, some, somebody else, there was an I've seen those Spanish ones. Like when I'm waiting in the doctor's office, Yeah, I don't understand them, but, uh, right, exactly. So I think that's, uh totally something i buy into and i'm like yeah that's cool so yeah i could totally see mace being alive because we never see him die same thing with maul we saw him get chopped in half and he was fine so i mean if maul just lost the hand and fell off the building he probably just pulled an anakin and just hung onto his speeder and just was like i'm good i was i was secretly hoping at the end of Mandalorian season two that it was going to be Mace Window that shows up instead of Luke. <laughs> saw the green lightsaber and you were like, damn it. Well, and then <laughs> you look at Boba Fett, you're like, listen, this guy I don't like. <laughs> yeah. He killed my father. And then we get the whole story arc. To- I have an ego Montoya who killed my father. <laughs> prepared prepared to die. To die. <laughs> so 25 years later, essentially, is when 20, 25, 30 years later, what would Mace, how old would Mace Window be? He was 60 in that movie. Was he really? I think he was supposed to be in his 50s or what? 60s is what he I looked read. younger than that. Well, as okay. an actor, he was Do wasn't. you really want me to say why he didn't look that old? But <laughs> so That's not I, even true, Andrew. I know what you're going to say. I don't know that you know what I'm going to say. but <laughs> I absolutely know what you're going to say. So, okay, yeah, he looks good for his age. But still, you know, okay, let's say he was 40. He would be 70 by that He's point. He's 72 years old now, Samuel L. Jackson. Everyone knows I'm not a fan of the um, the ending of Mandalorian season two, but we'll definitely get to that when we when we get to Mandalorian here shortly. Well, this has been fun. I honestly thought we were going to record for hours and hours and hours, and I'm sure we could if people would listen for hours and hours and hours. For sure. 
Join us next time where we do our first official Consult the Council. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned, as that will be released shortly after this episode. Justin, thank you for joining us as our first official guest. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.